I changed some of my hard efforts and hard exercise to, hey, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go for a, a jog, but it's going to be zone two pace. So we know zone two does help recover the CNS system. Walking is hmm. really great for the CNS system. It works really similarly to EMDR therapy, you know, rapid eye movement and left brain, right brain. Yeah, it works really closely to EMDR therapy. Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities. You're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. All right. Hello there, Aaron, and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast. How are you? Good. How are you? I can hardly remember a time I was better. Thank you for asking. That's kind of my catchphrase awesome. that, that might throw you off for someone I just met a few minutes ago. But um, yeah, you know, it's a good little affirmation of sorts because people usually ask how you are. So what we like to do on this show to get started is it's kind of always similar. I love to know what the person dealt with health-wise uh, because okay. generally speaking, we don't get into this space uh, by accident. Usually something pulls us into it. So I'm going to go out on a whim and assume that you dealt maybe with some health stuff. And I'm just curious, what was that and, and what did that look like when it began? Um, which led me to FDN. Well, uh, before that, I'm going to have to start with, sure. I have been in this space for about 15 years. Um, okay. I started as a chef and I moved into the aesthetic space. So I started chefing at a pretty high level. Um, I chef for DC films. So I've worked on Justice League, um, nice. multiple DC films. Yeah. So you know, I was, I was able to kind of take what I learned with my dad, who's a restaurant owner, and develop that into cooking, you know, delicious food that has an aesthetic purpose or an athletic purpose. Um, and then, you know, working into my practice after every time I get off of a movie set and there's anything published, you know, in men's health or men's muscle and fitness, um, people get a hold of me. They want me to work with them on, on their nutrition. And, um, you know, most of the time it's CrossFitters. I just want to perform better. I just want to have abs or, you know, some of these things that used to be really fun for me until I had a client who called me from the Seattle Children's Hospital. And she said, I'm in the Children's Hospital. I have cancer. She's about 15 years old. And I said, you know what, you're up in Seattle, let me find someone who would be a better fit for you. Like, let me find someone who, you know, works in this area. And so I started reaching out to a couple coaches in her area. And she emailed me back. And she said, you know, I know that you've worked with Wonder Woman, I know that, you know, you work with Superman, and I'd really like to work with you. I don't want any more hospitals. And I was like, crap, I'm gonna have to figure out a way to help her. And so you know, day by day, I'm like doing research and getting on the phone with her and we're changing our diet and we're changing our blood work. And I'm like, okay, this is cool. And, um, you know, working really close with her mom because she's a young girl. And, you know, going through that process, I was like, you know, this is so much more rewarding for me than just aesthetic stuff. You know, the movie right. stuff is cool. Like getting to see your work on the big screen is really cool. But this is affecting someone where like they're living in the hospital and they might potentially be able to get out, which she did. Her main goal was she wanted to graduate high school. She wanted to go to high school and graduate. And she is now in college. Nice. And so nice. she's doing great. And I'm like, wow, this is so much better of a process. Like I want to work in this, this area. And so my practice naturally started to gravitate towards that. And in the meantime, I was still doing movies and still doing projects like that. Um, and my daughter got really sick. My 13 year old daughter got really sick about a year and a half ago and she was with her dad. And I said, take her, take her to the hospital. You guys are close. Just take her to Instacare. Um, it sounds like she has meningitis 
and um, took her to the hospital, sent her to another hospital. And within four days, she was, she passed away out of nowhere. You know, she was at school Friday, you know, no symptoms whatsoever. And we found out that she has an extremely rare, I don't want to call it autoimmune, but it acts like an autoimmune called HLH. I don't know if you've heard of HLH, but it's an, it's an accumulation of white blood cells in your organs. And it basically, once, once it's turned on or triggered by an infection or a virus or a bacterial infection, it, it can trigger and like without treatment or without them figuring out what it is, because it does act like an autoimmune, um, the fatality rate is, is high. It's like 99.9%. Once, once that's, you know, once that's been spun into process. And so, you know, coming back to the drawing board, I'm like, wow, I'm helping all of these people. I work in this field. I, I work in autoimmune. I'm dealing with people with cancer, you know, but, I couldn't, I had no idea. I couldn't figure this out. And um, so I started my own personal healing process and started learning more, um, you know, doing various certifications. And the cool thing about what I, the direction that I went in the past is up until this point, I had so much experience, 15 years of experience at a really high level. And now I really wanted to dive into the education piece so that I could have both, um, you know, traditional education, I should say. And someone actually, uh, someone actually came into town for a seminar that we were putting on. And he said, you know, what would be really interesting is if you were able to legally read blood work, because I read blood work all the time. You know, people come to me with blood work. And he said, one of my coaches has their FDN. And it's supposedly, it's really cool. I don't know too much about it. And I started digging into the FDN and looking at all of the courses. And actually I found the Oxalate course first, which I thought was really cool because I wrote, I recently wrote a book about carnivore diet. And I'm like, oh, this is really in line with, you know, some of the, some of Mm -hmm. the things that I've taught and diving into blood work has been, it's been so interesting just to come back to something where everything resonates with me. Like, this is so helpful. I can add so much to my practice. And so that, that was kind of my introduction to the FDN long winded. Um, Well, yeah, it's a heck of an introduction. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't really shared too much about my daughter on podcasts. I do podcasts all the time. And I just want to let you guys know, um, I'm so grateful for the, for the knowledge. I'm so grateful for the education that I've gotten this far because I really do think that once we can deep dive into some of these other issues that are on standard blood tests, we can figure more out. The more we know, the more we can help people out, the more we can, you know, change for the better. So I'm yeah. super grateful. Uh, I respect the heck of out of having that mindset through all of that, right? Yeah. Like the mindset that you have is that I'm grateful about it. And we've all been through our own stuff. I've never been through that. That's for sure. But yeah it's kind of the only way to make sense of it. You you have to use this stuff to help others or, or serve others. Otherwise it will never make sense. Um, and maybe it never makes sense. Maybe that's not even the right word, but you're making the best out of a situation that has otherwise nothing good about it, you know, and yeah. trying to do something with it and help others. So I commend the heck out of that. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you, so you graduated FDN or you finished with it now? I'm not done yet. Okay. Yeah, not so, quite done office. yet. <laughs> yeah, still going through. I think that was, I wouldn't have commented on the job too before. That's just a, what a unique thing. I've never heard anyone that was in that position for yeah. uh, the movies and stuff. That's very cool. How did you, Um, just out of curiosity, how did you get into that originally? Just as you want to do that so, when you were younger or just fell in your lap? N- not even a little bit. Um, <laughs> my, so I also co-own a gym in Salt Lake City, a private, private gym. Um, and my husband and our business partner, so our business partner is Mark Dwight. Most people know him um, because he was the he was the guy that facilitated 300. So all of the big guys on 300, that was Mark Dwight. Um, so Mark pulled my husband on as an assistant. My husband and Mark were both working at Jim Jones. Um, Mark was the co-founder of Jim Jones. And like I said, they're well known for training military and 300 was their first big movie that they did. 
So Mark pulled my husband, Michael, on to his next project, which was 300 Rise of an Empire. And then they continued to make movies. And then Michael and Mark pulled me on for Justice League. And they said, you know, we're all friends with Henry. Henry loves your food. You know about nutrition. Let's put it all together. And I was like, okay, let's do this. But up until that point, I had never done... I'd never done a facilitation of, of that magnitude. So it was really stressful. And, yeah. you know, it definitely teaches you how to do your job really, really fast. So <laughs> <laughs> um, it was kind of like, you know, being, having, having the skill, but being in the right place at the right time. So, you know, well, then and, from there and- we did a good job and it just kept growing and growing. Yeah, and that should not be underplayed in any sense to people listening because I think there's a lot of times I, I've been focusing more after whatever this is, 250 something episodes. You know, we start with just health stuff, but we realize one of the necessities of our audience is getting the business side down too and, and learning those types of things. And, um, you know, you did have the skill. That's the point, right? So it's like the opportunity came because you had the skill. Now, is it possible that some people could have the same skill and never get the opportunity? I mean, sure. But if you don't have the skill, it's guaranteed to not come. And that's how I always kind of look at things. So it just, you know, we've been we've been doing a lot of content this month, um, especially when this comes out. This will be right after our summer open house. So people know we've, uh, we've been talking about business a lot. And it's never as lucky as people think. There's always, yeah. you know, preparation, meeting opportunity. And so you're way better off being prepared. There's actually, um, there's the one motivational speaker, Les Brown. I love what he says. He said, I'd rather be prepared and not have an opportunity than have an opportunity and not be prepared. So you never know what's going to come your way um, when you're ready for this. I mean, I'm lucky enough to get to do this as a job for FDN, the podcast, but there was two years of podcasting where I paid to do it. I, I was actually literally paying a radio show uh, for the opportunity yeah. to be there rather than getting paid to do it. Right. So um, does that mean FDN is going to find you? Not necessarily, but you got a lot right. better odds if you, odds if you do it that way. So that's cool. Um, when you've been going through the course so far, what have been some of like maybe the biggest insights or revelations to you? Like, because I know you're very passionate about this health <laughs> thing. So um, obviously there's plenty to learn. What's been some huge insights that you've had so far? Um, some of the big insights have been metabolic function. Well, especially because I work with athletes, right? And a lot of times it's like, okay, you just have to eat carbohydrates, eat carbohydrates, it'll fix everything. And, you know, obviously you and I know more, there's so much more to that. Um, And I, I think the FDN for me has been kind of like peeling back an onion, right? Like, there are so many layers that could be a contributing factor to how somebody feels or how, how somebody's machine functions. And, you know, getting into getting into some of like the panels that we're, we have access to order has been really cool. Um, especially the adrenal function stuff. That's been really interesting to me. Um, I working on a movie set. Um, some of these people are smashed and they're just pounding caffeine and, it's interesting because I look at these big projects like a sporting event, right? You prepare for this thing. It's this long, hard, <laughs> almost like physical effort, and then you're done, right? right. And some of these people don't have, ever have like an offboarding of like rest and recovery. And I think that years and years and years of that, you look at these people that are so creative and they're doing all of these amazing things and they're, they're, they're so overweight and they have such health problems. It's like, there's gotta be another answer to this. Um, And I I think that some of the biggest things that I've seen so far is um, how these things actually play out on like a metabolic level or, you know, a CNS level and little things that we can tweak to make a bigger outcome, you know, within three weeks or within four weeks. Um, instead of just, you know, continuing on that path of like never ending caffeine, like there's going to be, there's going to be an expiration date to that somewhere. And, you know, I, I I can't wait to start. Um, I can't wait to start using my FDN, you know, and having that in play on some of these bigger projects. I think it's going to be really amazing. So, and I feel like, I mean, I don't know anything about those people, I guess, directly, (laughs) but just my perception would be, you know, if you're a high level actor or actress, uh, going back to almost your sport comparison, like it it would be the same where 
you'd think that these people want to optimize and, and be on their game. They want to look good as long as they can too. So sometimes FDN mm-hmm. is best sold with vanity. Um, if nothing else, you know, it's not going to make anyone a 10 out of 10. It didn't do that for me, uh, but it made me look a little better, right? Like, you know, had some skin issues go away and stuff like that. So oh, absolutely. I, I think maybe that's a motivating factor for some people too. If they know that they can perform at a high level for a long period of time and, and look healthy and stay healthy, I think that actually, that might be a motivating thing for them. Oh, absolutely. And right now, uh, nootropics are huge. You know, take this pill, you're going to think better and you're going to feel better and have a have a bigger capacity mentally to do your job. Um, but but side effects of actually changing things could be, you know, better skin, thicker hair, thicker eyelashes, you know, and that, that might be so minute to some people, you know, I just cover it up with makeup. But people don't have access to that all the time. And I think it feels it feels good to feel good, right? Yeah. So then just so I'm clear right now, because you've kind of blended a couple things in, like yeah. you said that you work with these athletes. So what does the work currently look like before you graduate from FDN and add that on maybe? What is my work? <laughs> okay. So I just finished Rebel Moon, um, which is Zack Snyder's new world, um, which will be coming out on Netflix. So it's really cool sci-fi. Um, he, so we filmed season one and two and, um, that sh- I believe that'll come out at the end of the year. So you'll start seeing trailers for that. So rebel moon has been my current project. And actually, um, during the end of rebel moon is when I found FDN and, um, we got to a point where I'm looking at blood work and productions kind of seeing these emails come back and forth. And at one point someone said, are we listening to Aaron or are we listening to the doctors? And I'm like, don't put these guys on medication. Like, Oh my gosh, we can fix this so easily without. And at, at one point, one of the producers said, Hey, we've been working with Aaron for 10 years. Let's, let's go with what Aaron says. And I'm like, shoot, I got to cover myself legally. You know, it, it's not just from a legal standpoint, but uh, hey, I want to back up what I know with, with some more education. Yeah. Um, so that's a project that I've that I've just wrapped up since I started the FDN. Um, hopefully, will if the if the timeline ends up being, you know, right with another project. I have two other movies coming out. One of them is Rebel Moon. The other one I'm not able to talk about quite yet, but okay. it'll be a really cool um, military project, which which is cool military movie. Nice. Um, I'm wrapping up my book. So I have a my second cookbook coming through right now. And then um, what other projects do we have on the radar? We're teaching a big seminar tomorrow. And yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, I have another question. I was kind of, because we, it's so, it's odd doing these podcasts, but you get very serious in terms of the topics. Like, because it's a health mm-hmm. thing, right? And, and you do get serious stuff on here. And it's like, we've only known each other for a few minutes. So yeah. I kind of go with my gut on, where to go with certain things and where not to go with certain things, but I I get a feeling it's okay. So I I wanted to actually ask this before, and I'm going to ask it now with the situation with your daughter, Mm -hmm. how, well, let me preface this. There are so many people that listen to this show Uh that their health issues preceded, or uh, I guess not proceeded, but came after something pretty severe, right? It it was traumas in their life. It it wasn't a joke. And (laughs) I think some people might listen and actually hopefully be inspired to hear that you're you're taking this and making the absolute best that you could of it. And and you're still working. You still have things going on. Um, and I know mm-hmm. that it's a year and a half later, but for some people, I mean, this is debilitating long term. And yeah. yeah, I know. Right. And I want to I want to know what did you do or what is your advice or, or what can we say to the people out there? Because this is a lot of our listeners that are just stuck. I mean, debilitated and paralyzed from the traumas that they've dealt with in their life. And I hope that that's OK to ask because it yeah. actually I mean, it's a compliment. It seems like you are being productive with this and doing things. So I'm curious about that. Um, so, and I am, I'm an athlete. I've been competing for, you know, probably close, close to 20 years in multiple sports at a pretty high level. My, my normal with anything stressful, anything traumatic is I'm going to train through this. I'm going to work out. I'm going to clear my head. I'm going to do, you know, moving meditation and, after the death of my daughter, I was kind of like stuck in this weird, like numb, I had energy, but I was kind of like, if I do something, I feel like I'm going to get hurt. This is really weird. Um, 
because a lot of people, you know, there's a, there's a lot of literature written about trauma and physical, physical manifestation of, of, you know, injuries. Right. So I started working out, um, one month after London passed away, my daughter's name was London. Um, I had signed up for a competition and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to go do the competition. I already signed up for it. I'm not going to be competitive. I'm just going to have fun. And I'm like, my body's like breaking down, like physically, I, I wanted emotionally, I don't know if I wanted to do it, but I'm like, maybe it'll be good for me. Maybe it'll be fun. And like shoulder pain and like, you know, weird stuff was starting to happen. And um, I realized I need to slow down. You know, now we know like CNS system is taxed, right? Like something like this happens and like, you're already, you're already just maintaining, you know, just, just to be alive. And so I changed some of my hard efforts and hard exercise to, Hey, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go for a, a jog, but it's going to be zone two pace. So we know zone two does help recover the CNS system. Walking is really great for the CNS system. It works really similarly to EMDR therapy, you know, rapid eye movement and left brain, right brain. Yeah, it works really closely to EMDR therapy. Um, so I switched over to doing some things like that. And I started, my body started to feel better. Obviously, I'm not like, you know, lifting weights and doing some things like that. Um and I kept working, I kept working, I kept writing, I kept trying to be creative. And because my work, I also have a full clientele of nutrition clients, right? And so I didn't want to say, hey, all of you clients that I've had for a while that are dealing with all of these various things, I can't help you guys anymore, because, you know, I need some time. And maybe I should have taken more time off. I did take a little bit of time. And Obviously, my clients were very flexible with me, but I found that if I doubled down on what I could teach my clients and help them become better, it was it was actually part of my healing process. Wow. And, you know, writing this book about carnivore diet, do I think carnivore diet's the only answer? No, I have clients that do all different things. But if I can give a little bit of information to someone and it might help them with their their autoimmune or their arthritis you know that was a little bit of healing for me and so I I think it's just a, a change of of mindset you know and obviously you know the death of a child like I wouldn't wish that upon anyone it's a really really hard path it's a hard journey but I I think my process is to turn around and teach other people how to go through hard processes. And that's kind okay. of, yeah, that's kind of, yeah. you know, what I, what I want to do. So. Gotcha. Well, I, I thank you for answering that because I, I think that's actually, yeah. it's conceptually it's simple, but in practice it's not. <laughs> and yeah. I think for many people out there, like I never want to project because again, you know, we've all, we've had our stuff. Um, I'd certainly take my stuff over that personally, but I would never, I have found those times where I'm just stagnant and I'm not doing anything. Like, there's a time and a place for that. You got to digest yeah. things. You don't want to hide from it either, but Absolutely. I don't find that that's particularly helpful long-term. And I feel so bad for some people that I talk to because it's like years after stuff and their entire life is still completely different because of it. And I know yeah. mentally it's always <laughs> going to be different. I get that. But I, I sometimes wonder because I, when I hear you, you can kind of pick up on someone's energy. I don't know if that's just me or other people can do yeah. that. But when I heard you say it originally, the way that you said it, like instantly I can see, okay, that's not someone repressing something. That's someone who has actually made tremendous strides in yeah. a year and a half. Like I know maybe I'm like talking out my butt, but I feel like when I hear those things, I can just pick it up instantly where the person's at emotionally. So I was like, whoa, this is really impressive and, and potentially very useful um, yeah. for others that are going through stuff. Cause I know I feel like I would need to be moving and shaking and doing my routine stuff um, at least to some degree to have that level of normalcy mm -hmm. and, and to feel productive. Because if those things were making me happy before and bringing me fulfillment and then I just take them all away and now I have this serious trauma to deal with. I mean, that's just, it seems like it's just adding fuel to the fire. So um, again, yeah, thank you for that. With, yeah, of course. With the clients that you're working with nutrition wise, since you didn't have something like the FDN certification beforehand and, mm -hmm. you know, you focused on the blood work and you have the interest in carnivore. I'm curious, like what, what does 
that like what does the nutrition side look like with them? I'm um, not that someone needs a certification for their stuff. There's plenty sure. of people that go through this program that have been doing the same thing for years with great results. Um, and not let's be honest, it's not that hard to beat the U.S. government in terms of nutrition guidelines. Like for sure. you could kind of just put like a hundred diets on the wall, blindfold yourself, and throw a dart, and whichever one you hit, you'd still be a little better off than what they're doing. Um, so I'm curious, like what does new nutrition work look like? Are your clients people that are are they a little more open already to nutrition and, and are they doing things right and need adjustment or are they coming from total standard American and you got to transform it? Man, I, I get both, uh, you know, like some of my clients are so well read and so well educated and also have tried a million different things. You know, obviously sometimes being more educated is harder because maybe they're educated and all the wrong things for them specifically. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things that, that I start off with is a conversation. Like, how do you feel, you know, similar to the FDN, like let's go through some, like a questionnaire. Let's see how you feel. Um, although I'm not, I'm just not testing them with blood work or I'm not testing, doing like actual metabolic testing. Some, some of my clients do bring that stuff to me, but it's not required. Um, and I, I kind of go down the checklist. I, ask really good questions. And obviously after doing this for a while, there's some things that I can pick up on and be like, Hey, let's change this, you know? And, and as we change, we also see how they feel. How do you feel? How do you look? How does your skin look? You know, is your skin clearing up? Is your energy getting better? And so I, I think it's similar, but without the, like, you know, here's a test that shows you this, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. Like I'm super excited for that. Um, similar, but more just based off of, you know, you've got to be really honest with, with how you feel at that point. And the problem is, is some people don't know how they feel, you know? And so I kind of have to teach them. I had this client once who he's like, you always ask me how I feel, but I don't really know how to tell you how I feel. And he was an athlete and I'm like, okay, now we're going to do some tap tests. We're going to see, you know, how well you're sleeping. We're going to see what your heart rate looks like during your workouts and after your workouts, when you wake up. So there are other metrics that we look at that aren't necessarily the same things we test for in the FDN, right? Sure. Um, and it it's probably a longer process. Normally I work with a client for about six months and I okay. talk with them weekly. So every week it's like, hey, give me an update. You know, how is this process going? Um, to get a little bit more in depth with it, I we teach an energy systems. So if somebody comes into our our gym or our, our private space, we get a lot of military guys. Um, we start with energy systems, right? Like you are this this type of military unit, and you guys need to be able to go really far, right? So now we're looking at now we're looking at um, endurance, the endurance system. That system loves a little bit lower protein, some carbohydrates, um, and mostly fat, theoretically, right? Obviously, everyone is a little bit different. And so that's kind of where I start. And then we kind of modify it from there, depending on how the client or the person responds. And so that's one other way that I that I kind of go about my my practice on a weekly basis. Um, Mm -hmm. If I get someone like a CrossFitter, usually CrossFitters have have adopted the paleo diet, which is great, (laughs) but they tend to be doing a lot of intensity on a high fat diet. And sometimes we flip flop it. We give them some carbohydrates around training and bring their fat down and they feel great. They actually have more energy during the day. And, um, after that process starts, then we kind of narrow down what foods work for them and what foods don't work for them. So That's interesting that you said that you adjust the paleo in that way, or the CrossFitters rather in that way. Mm -hmm. When you said around training, do you mean then specifically just around training and not the rest of the day? The rest of the day, they still are, because they're usually a little bit higher on the fat side compared to many other things. Um, It depends on the client. I I still have some clients that are doing high intensity training and generally CrossFit is short, right? 13 minutes, um, you might be at a higher uh, heart rate. And then after that, like your body should be able to recover from that fairly quickly. Um, Obviously, there's some scenarios. I mean, I have athletes that do an all out minute of work and that trashes them for weeks, you know, on a a neurological, um, on a neurological level. So obviously, there's there's different variables to this. But 
my clients that are that don't do well with carbohydrates, like maybe they're, you know, maybe they're di- I have plenty of CrossFit athletes that are actually diabetic. And so okay. recovering a little bit around training and then going back into blunting that blood sugar spike and giving them fats throughout the day is beneficial for them. Um, I don't, I don't like eating a lot of carbs. I actually do really well with them. So I shove my carbohydrates, you know, before and after my training. And then I, I kind of trickle them off the rest of the day. And I eat mostly proteins and fats. I was wondering because I, I mean, at FDN, we kind of, you know, we do the metabolic typing thing and um, Uh it's interesting how that can be adjusted. But I found even just in different seasons of my life, um, Mm -hmm. it's been wise to adjust it because there's been times where I I just thought it was interesting that you used the intensity phrase because yeah, when I'm doing this like crazy stuff, like boxing or whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. the idea that I'm going to eat like a, a high fat meal before that, it just... I, it just doesn't work a lot of times. Like you could feel mm-hmm. it in your stomach, right? And we know this. It's one of the yeah. reasons it creates um, that satiety is because it does take a lot longer to digest. So mm-hmm. it needs to be mixed. But then I've had times in my life where, you know, I wasn't actually doing that much. I, I mean, I'm always active, but it was never like the intense boxing type of thing or whatever. And yeah, the high fat, almost <laughs> like ketogenic type of thing worked very well. So I think that I'm a believer that we should be able to get into a state of ketosis. I think that's relatively mm-hmm. healthy. Now, whether or not we do that every day long term is a different question. Um, I'm more worried if the person like if they don't eat carbs for like three days and they're still not in the state of ketosis, that doesn't really show good metabolic flexibility to me. Right. Um, but I took it too far because I was like, all right, I'm going to do keto. I'm going to stay in this until I get all the way better. And what I realized is, okay, it's the balance. And Ev, it's the fact that when you first started this, you couldn't get into ketosis at all. And now, Mm -hmm. like, I mean, if I just went one day low carb and did some intense exercise, I'm back to shooting up a 0.5, 0.6 on the ketone meter, right? That's the flexibility. So that makes sense. So I just thought that was, it's good for people to hear that sometimes with the intensity. You think it's so simple with how complex we get with all these labs and fancy things, but it's very easy for us, even as functional practitioners to still get dogmatic. And we forget that, okay, we got three macronutrients for a reason. They're all supposed to be used in their time and place. And if you're going to go beat the hell out of your body, um, you need to do that. I find um, even with work, I need higher carbohydrates a lot because Mm -hmm. I'm calm on camera and stuff, but there's, even if I feel calm nowadays, there's no way it's not doing something to me physically because I told you I had like, it's not a normal day, but I had like two hours of lives before this. We have this right now. I got a call after this. And by the time that's done, I, I know I'm like going right now, but I can already predict. I'm like, whoa. And I found I got to buff up the calories and carbs those days. And I feel yeah. like light years better. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the brain, we know the brain likes glucose. So I, I think just to kick, jumpstart it, I should say, how, how do you, just out of curiosity, how would you feel doing like two back-to-back or three back-to-back podcasts on keto diet? Would you feel good or would you start to crash a little bit? It's a good question. I'm trying to think when was the last time I would have done a podcast on that. Well, I need carbs too, to be yeah, honest. If if I'm in it and I get the hydration right, mm-hmm. like my best days ever are with that. But if I want it consistent throughout the day, like it does kind of do nice to kind of mix everything in a little bit. Yeah. But man, um, I usually, I do a lot of public speaking, like it's a separate cool. job, but in schools and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I hate doing it late in the afternoon because then I would have had to eat throughout the day. I love going in in the morning, fasted, but super well hydrated, right? I got the potassium, sodium, magnesium. I got all the minerals in. My brain just flies and yeah. the words are perfect. I don't use um, like, and so, uh, and so I do that in ketosis, but yeah, if it's like six presentations back to back to back, which I have done, then I need the fuel. Otherwise yeah. this is not going to work the rest of the day. Yeah. <laughs> the first one's going to be great. The other five are going to suck. Right. Right. I get that. The keto diet I think is a great tool. And one thing that I remind my clients, because oftentimes I hear people that say, you know, seven years ago, my leanest I've ever been, this is what I was doing. And I think people need to realize like, Maybe seven years ago, you were, you didn't have a job. You didn't have the extra stress. You didn't have kids. You're able to do whatever you want, whenever you want. And I don't think it necessarily has to do with slow down um, metabolism or age. It could be you're training your body to do something totally different. Maybe you were walking to commute and now you have a car, you know, all of those different factors play in. And it, I think as we go through life and we, you know, we change and we train our, our system to use different fuel sources, we obviously have to adapt. Um, I, 
like to think of myself as a very active person. Like I said, I've competed in multiple sports, but a lot of times during the day I'm sitting at my desk. So I'm not carb loading all day. You know, I, I just don't need it where, you know, three or four years ago when I was competing internationally in CrossFit, I could eat whatever I wanted whenever I wanted to. I was training two, sometimes three times a day. So the scenario might've been different, you know, could leanness be achieved doing something totally different than you did seven years ago? Absolutely. It needs to match what you're doing at the time. So yeah, yeah. I like that you, you mentioned that. I, um, I'm also glad that you said the walking versus uh, driving to the, your commute because it triggered something from before because I, I didn't want to stop you, but I wanted to ask about that. Mm -hmm. I, I fully admit, I did not know. I mean, I know walking is good for us. That, that seems like common sense, but I did not know the benefits to the CNS. And I also want to focus on that zone two thing. This is a concept I've heard before. I couldn't tell someone what it is by definition. So can we touch on what zone two training is and uh, like how this helps the CNS? Because I find that fascinating. That's probably very validating for the practitioners out there that, you know, sometimes we feel like bad almost recommending it to like, and you're learning this in FDN if you didn't already know it and you might've been with your experience, but like some clients come back and they're so damn sick and their hormones are so off that the recommendation really is like, yo, you got to chill on the exercise and just do the walking, mm -hmm. um, which always made sense to me for a different reason. But now that I know that it can help regulate the CNS, I'm fascinated by this and how this works. Yeah. So, um, the, the zones are, um, relative to like, zone zone one zone two um zone three i want to say it goes up to zone five would be you know you're all out pace like your your lactic system is going to shut you down in seconds you know like a mm. a 20 30 meter sprint would be maybe that system um and and they correlate with with your heart rates and everyone's heart rate is a little bit different i actually have a high heart rate um, I can flush oxygen at a fairly high heart rate. So it looks like I'm in a zone three or four, but I'm really in a, you know, zone two to three. So everyone is a little bit different, but these are like general little zones. So um, let's say you are training someone to, to run a half marathon, right? You want to start them at a zone two. You want to build this base. It's time on your feet. It's, you know, it's this, it's this slightly elevated heart rate, but it's not taxing you. It's not stressing you out. It's not sending any signal to your system to shut you down and stop, right? And eventually that zone two gets pushed to a zone one because you naturally start to get bitter, right? So if I had an athlete that came to me and, and they were like, hey, I train 10 times a week. And what else can I add? Because you know, I can, I can do these five minute efforts. I can do these 10 minute efforts. The first thing I'll say is zone two, add zone two. And eventually again, that's going to push all of their intense portions of their training up. And it's going to make their middle ground seem like it's not quite so hard. So it's always the pace that you can rely on. So going back to the walking, walking is always something that you can rely on. Hopefully, you know, for the most part, people should be able to go on a walk. They should be healthy enough to go on a walk. And eventually, um, and, and maybe you've seen this in your own life, maybe a walk feels so good that you pick up the pace a little bit. You know, maybe your, your normal walk that you take after dinner is naturally getting a little bit faster and faster. And maybe it feels really good to, to jog that sometimes. So that's the natural progression of fitness without any kind of stress signal being sent. Like your system is just saying, Hey, I feel fit enough and, and I'm able to do this. Um, so we always bring people back to zone two for recovery. If, if they're overtrained and they can't sleep, um, they have no appetite, but they're actually overtrained. We bring them back to zone two for maybe a, a full week. And that's always something that we can rely on to get someone back to the state where they're recovered enough to train again. So. This is interesting. It sounds like, again, one of those things that's like kind of straightforward and simple enough, but I, 250 episodes, I don't think anyone's ever brought that up. So, and, and I guess the walking thing, it, it clearly must do more than meets the eye because if I'm, if it's not summer and I'm mm -hmm. not in like hiking shape, because I, I do exercise throughout the year, but hiking's different, right? I'm not going to go just recreationally walk 12 miles. That's not my favorite thing. Yeah. But if you do have like a day or the first day of the season where you got to walk like six, seven, eight miles, it's kind of hilarious how many other activities I can do totally fine. But you walk the seven or eight miles and you're like, 
I'm I'm pretty glad I'm home. Like I'm a little tired from that. <laughs> so clearly it's doing something and that makes sense that uh, it can be a very simple part of a progression to get the fitness back or if you're overtrained at the time to kind of just do something, be productive, but uh, mm-hmm. also allow some time to heal and recover too. So that's okay. cool. And I think, again, it's validating for our coaches that feel, some of them feel so hesitant recommending, like I just do some walking right now. But yeah. I tried that. I remember when I first got my results back, I was only 21 and I was in the exhaustive phase of HPA axis dysfunction. Holy and cow. the guy, had uh, Brandon Mole, had talked to me and he's like, listen, man, I need you to back off some of the exercise stuff for a little bit. And I didn't listen to him. I broke my foot like two days later. And so that worked oh, pretty no. well to get me to stop doing things. And I, I mean, I, you'd think I felt worse because I'm sedentary now. I got the foot broken, whatever. Six days later, I woke up and it just... It was like the first day in probably years that I woke up and I'm like, well, I feel really good. Like I got good mental energy. I was ready to study the course that day. I didn't feel like I needed to, you know, down like the chocolate or the other things and stimulants mm-hmm. to keep going. It was, it was really interesting. And that was only six days of really giving my body some rest. So um, again, nothing rocket science here, but people forget that this is the physical stuff is a stressor on the body. There's a reason you can't yeah. go exercise 12 hours straight. That's not going to work yeah. for most people. I mean, I guess the ultra marathoners can pull it off. Most of us, unless we're very, very, very well trained, that's not going to work. Um, unless it's David Goggins, you don't see him running an ultra marathon every single weekend, right? So right. for most right. of us, it's not going to work. But um, cool. So I, I like that kind of stuff. How, um, how will the coaching change for you now that FDN is going to be a part of it? Like, are you just going to automatically upgrade and every client's going to get all the labs or will you still do a mix of both? Like what, what's your vision for that? I hope so. I mean, at first, at first I was thinking that maybe I would just take like my harder clients and, you know, do these tests. But I, the, I think the more and more I go through the FDN, the more and more I just want to change my practice and say, look, from the get go, everyone is getting this, you know, (laughs) and maybe for selfish reasons, because I want to know, like, I want to know what's going on. Um, But I think there's a lot of people that do the intuitive, like, hey, let's try this. And let's throw this out there. Obviously, I do feel like I have a little bit of an upper edge, because I have so much experience. But I think it's really going to set everything apart. Um, I think in the FDM, they say, we don't guess, we test. And I Mm -hmm. love that. Like, I love that so much because I don't want to guess. Like I want to, I want to see it and I want to know exactly where to go from there. And I want my clients to see it. You know, I have clients that go through a whole six month process. They lose 30 pounds. They're sleeping better. They're off caffeine. And they're like, well, I just don't know how I changed, you know, I didn't hit my 50 pound mark. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So I think it'll be useful for clients like that as well. You know, so it it provides, I find, and even for myself, it provided Mm -hmm. a lot of validation too, when, you know, they feel like crap and then they can see objectively, you know, why they feel like crap. And I remember I was talking to my acupuncturist one time and he wasn't challenging it. He just, he's, Loves going back and forth, and so do I. And he said, Ev, do you think those lab tests are ever hurting some people by like putting something into their head that's not there? And I said, no, the the opposite. The people that I'm working with, it's validating for them to finally get told or showed rather why they feel the way that they feel. I'm like, Paolo, this is named Paolo. I'm like, I promise you they already feel like crap. Like they know that something's wrong with them. Um, But it's worse because no one's actually validated it. So I don't think it's hurting them to do the labs. It's quite the opposite. And um, also to your point, I don't think it's selfish at all for you to want to know what's going on. I think that, I mean, why would you even want to know? So you can serve them at a higher level. That's what that does. So I think that's pretty selfless. Um, And what's really cool for you, and I I say this all the time on uh, calls, if I'm talking to someone considering the course, you're pretty much in the best spot that you could be because- FDN works. The system's great. The hardest part for people is if they're not experienced with the business side, that's Mm -hmm. a new skill that they have to learn. So Mm -hmm. not only are you experienced in business, you're experienced in the health business and have clients. So the fact that now you can just have this very organic conversation with many of them and say, hey, you know, I added this on. Would you like to do this now? I mean, there's such low hanging fruit there for people to help and then um, allows you to to raise the income. It's kind of great. Everyone uh, wins in that sense. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, and just... Being able to go into, you know, I don't want to say negotiating, but going into, you know, picking up a new contract for a movie, I bring so much more to the table because hmm. production doesn't want, they want to know where their money's going. And if if their money spent is going towards something that's really, really useful, it's really hard for them to say, are you sure, you know, we're paying this big chunk of money for me. 
you know, I've done movies, what I've done has worked so far. So it's a little bit easier for me to come into another production and they know that I'm going to do a good job. But now I'm coming in with my FDN and they're like, oh yeah, this is a no brainer because we get to cut out this step and this step and this step and, you know, hire this one person on who can do all of these things. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes these guys are in stunts for five or six hours and then they have to go give lines and then they have to go weight train and then they have to wake up at 4 a.m. You know, they're taxed. They're burning the candle at both ends. And, you know, it's, it's cool to say, Hey, look, this is what your metabolic tests are saying. This is what your blood work is saying. You know, how can we help you right now over the next two weeks? Because there's not really any breaks in this next two weeks. What can we give you nutritionally so that you can feel better, you know, right now, you know, what can we do to support, your brain function. I love that you said electrolytes because electrolytes will just turn your brain on and, and such an instantaneous way. Um, but I think that that brings so much more to the table and not just with movies, obviously that that's not a position that everyone is in, but you have to realize these are, these are just people outside of a movie. They're just people that also want to feel better. You know, these, these guys get off of a movie production and they go home and they still want to know how to feel good. Um, (laughs) you know, and a lot of times I'll work with someone and they're like, Hey, can you work with my wife? This is what she's dealing with. Of course. Like let's help her to feel better too. And so, um, I actually have not posted or told anyone, Hey, I'm open. I'm taking clients because I have not had anything other than a mouth to mouth referral in over 10 years. So, yeah. So as soon (laughs) as you can get people who are feeling great, they're going to send you their mom and they're going to send you their grandma, you know, everyone in their close system wants to do what they're doing to feel so great. And so, you know, I I think playing up those positive feedback loops with your client, like, Hey, you're feeling great. Like let's, let's talk about all the positives this week because then Mm -hmm. they're going to go out and talk to all of their friends and all of their clients or all of their friends and all of their family. So, yeah, I keep, I keep telling FDNs that because again, the business concepts of or our conversations have been a main thing, uh, mm-hmm. especially lately. And one of the things I try to tell them is the first 10 to 20 people, that's always going to be the hardest. Um, and not because you can't get your family, you technically could. I mean, mm-hmm. top 10 to 20 or first 10 to 20, like full play, full paying, ready to go clients, they're usually the toughest. But after that, I mean, we, we, our clients become walking billboards for us basically because they can't help but look better and feel better. And then it creates a very organic (laughs) conversation where people start to ask, Hey, what are you doing? Oh, Hey, I'm working with Aaron. Hey, I'm working with Evan or whatever it is. And so, I mean, yes, you're probably going to have to do some extra marketing and stuff like Mm -hmm. that still. But I mean, a lot of FDNs that have been doing this long term, it's the same situation as you. It's been 10 years and no, they can run completely off referral base. That's amazing. Um, As we kind of wrap up our time here, I wanted to go back to the book that you're working on in addition to where people can find you in general. Can I give you Um, one tip really quick? Just because my background is actually in media and marketing. So one one of the best things that you could do is change yourself and use yourself as your own billboard. Post post what you're learning on Instagram, post what you're learning on Facebook, talk about how good you feel, talk about, hey, this week, I didn't only lose weight, but my skin looks good. I feel good. I woke up before my alarm, like post that stuff, talk about it, because that's going to resonate with someone and people will start reaching out to you. So ah, wow. I just wanted okay, to so that's a great put that tip. in. It's almost <laughs> like... um. Some of the other people who have come on here and said something similar. You just got to do it. You got to get over your fear. It's like they're all like afraid to uh, share their stuff on social. I've said one of the best plans, not that I came up with, that I've heard from people like you that's worked for them. They actually start posting their journey of FDN Mm -hmm. while they're going through the course. Never selling anything. No offer. Didn't say click here to book a call. Just like, hey, here's what I learned this week. Here's what I thought was cool. So now by the time you're done the course, you got like 26 30 weeks plus of content. And then you finally can lead an offer or uh, leave an offer if someone hasn't already reached out to you to work with you. So you don't got to be super salesy. It's just sharing (laughs) this information with people. So um, I think that's amazing. But we might go a little over the two minutes right now. It's totally fine. I wanted to briefly touch on that carnivore uh, diet book because you had actually talked about, you, you noticed that you do better on carbs sometimes and you kind of feel good with that. So carnivore obviously naturally gets people into ketosis normally. Um, and it's obviously more restrictive. So do you, are, are you writing that book for it to be used as like a therapeutic diet or, or how do you view carnivore? 
Um, yes, more as a therapeutic. Um, I, I, and I, like I said, I don't recommend this to everyone, but for some people it resonates with them and it's useful. I think it's a reset. Um, the more and more I learn about hormonal balancing and, um, you know, thyroid function, I really do think it's important to have a little bit of carbohydrate in there, especially if you're training, especially if you're doing anything active. I like just a little bit in there. Um, so carnivore to heal gut disorders, um, you know, to just kind of reset some of that stuff. And if nothing else, just so as people are adding things back in slowly, they know, okay, that didn't work. Okay, that actually does okay in my system. Um, and then obviously now we can t test people with, with the FDN. Um, but I love that process. I've kind of adopted and um, expanded the hardcore carnivore of just meat, salt, eggs, you know, more of the high protein, high fat. And I've gone towards a little bit of fruit, super low oxalate, like bitter fruits and squash, um, a little bit of honey. So I've, I've kind of adopted that mostly because I still want to train. Um, I, I still want to keep on my muscle. I'm like super long and lengthy. And I, you know, the first six months of carnivore diet, I felt like I did a pretty good job of keeping my protein up. But obviously, I had a little bit of muscle wasting. And so looping back around, it was important for me to put some of that stuff in. And so I do touch on that a little bit in my first book, and I'll touch on it a little bit more in my second book. So my next book is a little bit more a little bit more. <laughs> cool. More variety. All right. Well, Aaron, yeah. where can people find you and the books? What are the titles and stuff? Yeah. So um, the Essential Carnivore Diet Cookbook is my first book. Um, I am on social media. So I'm on Instagram. I answer lots of questions there. Actually, I'm shut up underscore eat. And mm -hmm. then my website is shutupwork.com. Cool. <laughs> All right, sweet. I will have that in the show notes for everyone. And cool. today we have the signature question for you. We do this every day. Okay. Um, but it's your first time on the podcast, so I always like to end with this. The signature question is this. If we could give you a magic wand and you could wave it and get every single person in this world to do one thing for their health. So what you can do is you can get everyone to do one thing or you can make them all stop doing one thing. It's one or the other. Uh, what is the one thing that Aaron would get them to do? Stop eating seed oils. <laughs> that just comes to my head first. Obviously, there's a lot of other stuff, but stop eating seed oils. They're terrible okay. for you. I think that's a very, uh, <laughs> yeah, you guys should look into that if you somehow don't know about those yet. And well, I think a lot of practitioners know about it, but mm -hmm. they don't know how bad it actually is. Because I did not know until I heard this gentleman, Ben Azadi, talk at a conference. Mm -hmm. um, he had actually said like the half-life of them or something is over a year or something ridiculous. Yeah. Like they stay in your body seemingly forever. So I knew it was bad, but when you know it's that bad, it's one of those things that, yeah, maybe I don't cheat even once a year with stuff like that, considering how gross it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, the cool thing is I think that we're starting to realize how bad they are and there's so many more products that take it out. So yeah, it's in everything Aaron, the best you possibly can pull it out. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for coming on today. And uh, I would love if we could get you back on once you're done the course, because Absolutely. that would just be awesome to kind of see the journey and then all the additional things that you learn. Cool. I would love to. Thank you so much. Right. Thanks.